What's up guys, welcome back to Gen Alpha Talk. In today's episode, I'm back with another psychology episode. So, this episode will be titled, How Caring About Others Benefits Your Own Mental Health. Shocking, isn't it? So, when you think about what makes you feel good about your life, what are the first qualities that come to your mind? Is it being able to look at your accomplishments and take pride in them, even if they're not necessarily all that earth-shattering? Do you believe that achieving the quality of self-actualization should come before all other priorities in life? The idea of what psychologists call eudaimonic well-being involves just this type of assessment. There is also a hedonistic piece of, to this form of well-being in which you derive pleasure from seeing yourself as meeting your own personal expectations. This good feeling translates into a sense of happiness or even elation. In contrast to this individualistic definition, the concept from Eric Erickson's personality development theory proposes that fulfillment ultimately comes not from achieving your own individualistic goals, but from being able to feel that you have contributed to the greater good. Erickson proposed that a key feature of adult psychological development is a sense of generativity, or the belief that it's important to care for others. The traditional way to think of expressing generativity is that it requires being a parent, but parenthood doesn't guarantee this. There are parents who are not particularly generative, and people who are generative who aren't parents. People who are high on the quality of generativity have put themselves second and in Erickson's system should be profoundly more fulfilled as they move through their adult years. Testing the roles of generativity in well-being As critical as the role of generativity should be in adulthood, there are few studies on the relationship between this quality and well-being, and even fewer that study generativity over the course of adulthood. Even of these studies in the Rochester Adult Longitudinal Study, REALs, have a project that has been going on. The participants in the REALs were studied from their college year through their 60s, and with the addition of new investigators to the project, will be followed up again in their 70s. Across the four testing occasions in the study, they obtained data from additional samples of college students, making it possible to see whether trends in the oldest group were reflected in data from the younger generations of participants as they grew older. Most recently, a research team completed a study that addresses the questions of how generativity relates to warming across a 12-year period from 2000 to 2012. During this period, the oldest participants were at that point in their 60s, the next oldest in their 50s, and the youngest in their 40s. This group of 271 adults represented a subset, or 29%, of the 937 adults potentially eligible for inclusion, reflecting the challenge of following people up over prolonged periods of time in the adult years. The key measures used in the study were as follows. See how you would rate yourself on the sample terms. Generativity. I try to pass on the knowledge I have gained through my experiences. And well-being. Personal growth dimension. I enjoy seeing how my views have changed and matured over the years. As you can see, these items aren't like the traditional personality measures that ask people to rate their individual characteristics. Instead, they tap into the qualities that you would evaluate yourself on. We contemplate your ability to change and grow over time, including through providing support to others by sharing your experiences. 
Becoming more generative can help foster your own well-being. To answer the specific question of how changes in generativity relate to changes in well-being over adulthood, our team devised a set of tests that produce a statistical model laying out a set of possible predictive relationships. In each of these tests, rather than see whether people's average scores change over time, they examine whether they could trace patterns based on individual growth trajectories. In other words, rather than compare people to an overall mean, we look to see how people change relative to themselves. The results of comparing individuals to themselves over time in generativity showed that most of those with high scores in 2000 and also had high scores in 2012, meaning that people sort themselves from high to low in similar ways over time. If you're generative now, you probably were highly generative when you were younger. Some people did shift positions, which lead to some interesting questions as to why this might occur. We, we couldn't make fine-grained enough determinations to know what they were, but some possible causes could include becoming a parent for the first time, achieving a position at work that now involves mentoring, or perhaps deciding to work for a charitable cause. Indeed, all of these life circumstances occurred in the sample, uh, simply didn't have enough data to be able to provide these answers of certainty. Turning to the key question of how these changes in generativity related to changes in well-being. The findings that support the predictions that as people become more generative, they also continue to grow in their sense of personal fulfillment. Anyone who lost ground in the growth of generativity, in other words, also lost a few points off the well-being scale. This general pattern of maturation. Uh, they suggest that personality development occurs in a continuous fashion across adulthood and can exist across multiple psychological qualities. How and why to work on your own generativity. Now that you can see how much your well-being can hinge on your sense of generativity, the question becomes what to do about it then. Again, our study couldn't pinpoint the exact causes of degenerativity changes they saw, but Erickson's theory can provide some ideas. Let's look again at what it means to be generative. The term itself shares its root of generation. When you're highly generative, you care for the next generation. This is where the notion of expressing generativity through part, uh, to parenting or mentorship comes into play. However, if you think about yourself and the care you might show towards others, are they always younger than you? Couldn't you express your desire to care for people of your own generation? What about caring for people older than you, or people who may someday in the future benefit from your efforts? Looking at generativity in a way that transcends generations, but instead involves caring, shows that putting other people before yourself counters the idea that well-being can only come from the eudaimonic feeling of achieving your own personal goals. Indeed, Erickson defined the opposite of generativity as what he called stagnation. In his model, people who stagnate become more and more self-focused concretely rather than give to a charitable cause. For example, they spend money on endlessly redecorating their houses, going on expensive vacations, and investing in the kind of beauty treatments that they believe will allow them to appear youthful. So to sum up, it may seem counterintuitive that the best way to feel good is not to think about how good you feel at the moment. However, based on the work of their study, your pathway to fulfillment may just lie in this very different type of pursuit. Now, this is the end of my episode. Sorry, I can't go any longer. That's all I have for today. Then, after we say thank you, hit the like, subscribe, and share button. Much appreciated.
and goodbye.